Okay. Dog's in silent mode. Dog is silenced. Oh, oh, I should say stealth mode. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do this thing. Yeah. So today's topic I picked board games. Yay. We love playing board games. Yep. We are both big fans and we have played many of the geeky board games uh, that have uh, mostly originated from Germany, <laughs> at least at least a while ago. And we always try and get people to play board games with us, but sometimes you never know what kind of crowd you're with, if they want to play board games or not. So yeah, we, we usually, know not uh, to ask Merlin. Yes. <laughs> There's certain people you know not to ask. Not like Merlin's been over our house at all, ever. Oh, a million times. <laughs> you know how much she loves to travel unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, yeah, I have a short list. I bet you have nothing prepared because there's nothing in your lap right now. I'm looking at you and you are devoid of any kind of information. I have oh. a list. Oh, you picked up your iPhone. My gosh. I do have a list. It is not, though, um, strictly ordered. And it is only six things long. Ooh, that's pretty short. I have a lot. Yeah. Because I went into the game closet and just wrote down all the games. Oh, that's a good move. I should have done that. Do you want my short list first? So maybe you can add some things. Yeah, let's try that. Okay. Tiff short list. We have Settlers of Catan. We have Puerto Rico, Scrabble, Agricola, Power Grid, Power Grid Factory Manager, Mealborn, Quirkle, Blockus, Ticket to Ride, Balderdash, The Construction Game, Pictionary, Monopoly, Clue, and Bananagrams. Okay. So those are the games I have on. Okay my short list in no particular order my order was meant to deceive (laughs) i believe everything on my list is on your list (laughs) (laughs) that's no surprise we play games together so yeah um so i want so first of all let me disclaim up front there are certain games like settlers of Catan or agricola agricola there are certain games like this where we are probably not pronouncing the names correctly agricola that sounds pretty good I thought it was Agricola, but I, I don't know. Agricola? I, I don't know. Because it's like, well, it's agriculture, agriculture. I don't know. Right. So that's why it sounds like Agricola. Agricola. Uh, yeah. Agricola. Agricola. Whatever it is, <laughs> however you pronounce it, there's somebody screaming while listening to this right now that they know the correct, the right answer and we are butchering it and they're just screaming. Do you think we should ever have this. a chat room show? Maybe. Maybe. If the listeners demanded enough, they're, cause they were they're like, demanding all 10. Yeah. There would be like 10 people in there. It would be, <laughs> it would be not a lot of people. So yeah, especially because we record so erratically whenever we can. Yeah. So. We would give people like 30 seconds notice. Oh, we're recording right now. Go. It's like quick. Our kid went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So do you want to talk about maybe some of the games in your list that didn't make your top four before we go into the top four? Um, well, I have a really big list, so a lot of the games didn't make it, and I'm pretty sure probably some of them didn't make it for the same reason that yours didn't make it, mm-hmm. because I know you don't like games with um, a lot of chance. Correct. And that drives you crazy when there's too much chance and you feel like that nothing you do will help you win or lose. So you want to feel in control of your gameplay and the possibility of winning it, every game has a small amount of chance but you're more happy with games with the least amount of chance right in fact so i mean i could uh, i because i haven't even picked my, num- my number one yet i'll talk about the first one i put on my list which is puerto rico it's the very first one i thought of we haven't played that one in so long i haven't i don't have it on my top four list because we haven't played it in so long i don't know and i feel like now that i know Spoiler, if you buy your own boat, you win every time. Well, not, not every time. I pretty much win every time when, I, when you get to buy your own boat. I mean, come Well, on. so I've, I've played a lot more than you because I've played on the iPad. And I've, I've played it more recently just because of that. Eh, iPad one's boring. Oh, I like it. Anyway, so, and one thing, very few of these like awesome board games actually have good iPad or computer versions. And, and so it's a pretty rare luxury when you find one. Um, and Puerto Rico and Agricola, Agricola, however it is, they both have good iPad versions. Uh, neither of them are great, but both are good enough that if you enjoy the game, you will enjoy the iPad versions. Anyway, um, so I like Puerto Rico because it's what you just said, that that it doesn't have almost any luck like the only random element in the game is you know who you choose to go first and and then the order in which the uh the tiles come up for the the plantation choice like when you get like those tiles are random that as far as i can remember that's the only random element in the game and so almost everything you do is a a choice you know you have made this decision it will affect you like it, it is yours to win or lose 
And besides that, it is, in it my is your opinion, boat to buy or not. Exactly. It is your boat to buy or not. Or you can buy all the boats and block Tiff out of them. But regardless. <laughs> now you all, everyone knows I'm going to be buying the boat. Exactly. Get out of my way. I'm exactly. buying that boat. What is it? The wharf? Is that the item? That's it's one of like the nine or the eight or, eight or nine yeah cost. something like that but i always just i go for the boat and then there's one other one too that if you get with the boat the harbor you, i believe is so there's like it's the one where you get one bonus victory point for everything you ship yes if you have those two together because you're shipping on your own boat yeah it is a clincher you are always going to win yeah it, it would you'd have to be very bad at the game to have both of those things and not win and i think see i can't put it on my top four because now that i figured that out as a player, I can't. I know that that's the strategy to win, and I know if it doesn't happen for me in the game, I'm not going to win. So I kind of like it, I, the magic is lost on me. Well, see, to me, that see what what makes this game great is that everything you do affects everyone else as well. Like like you know, in, in the game, you take turns, and and like there's a certain number of things you can pick from, and you when it comes to your turn, you pick the thing you want to do that round. And you, as the person who picked it, gets a small advantage of that. But every, but whatever you picked, everyone else gets gets most of that same benefit. So if you pick, for instance, the the mayor, right, which which lets you add more people to your plantation, um, then you know everyone else gets to add people to their plantations. Also, you just get one more than they do. So it's a game where you have to very much consider not only what is best for you when it's your turn trying to pick what to do, but you got to make sure that you're not going to really super strongly benefit someone else, you know, it to, to, to such a degree that it might hurt you. But at the same time, if you don't pick that thing, then they probably will when it comes to, it comes around to them. So it's, it's this weird strategy that you have to think about, but I disagree with you about, about your, your Harbor plus wharf thing in that that isn't just the one strategy to win. That is, that is a strategy that can win, if if other people are doing certain other things or not doing them but the great thing about this game is that you can't do the same thing every game because whether that can win will depend on what everyone else is doing and if 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 the game conditions are such like for example the harbor and wharf combo takes a long time to get because those are two very expensive items and money is pretty scarce in this game so at least early on um so those are very hard to get for that to to work you have to you have to be in a game where it's going to it's going to go on for a while it's going to take a lot of turns and if if someone else is racing towards one of the other conditions that can end the game like filling up their space with cheap buildings or filling up their plantation you know with or running out of people i forget some of the other ones uh, running out of victory points in other ways like that strategy only works if you have a long time with those things to ship tons of goods with them See, now I think that this is where you're getting all bogged down in your stupid iPad game because we <laughs> play when we play with people, it's often someone who hasn't played it as much as us. And it is or the or they are people who um, just aren't as fam- like or they're just totally new to the game. Right. So they either are less skilled than us or totally new. I don't think we've ever played with someone who is at our skill level of the game because we just don't run into gaming nerds um that that often when we feel like hey let's play some puerto rico um so whenever we're playing live and in person no one else has aggressive strategies so i get bored playing it because i feel like i can just slaughter everybody you should play the ipad game (sighs) it doesn't sound fun (laughs) i like anyway so puerto rico is it, it might be my number one if not it's close um and and i'm not alone in this decision boardgamegeek.com uh, which is, I think, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, authorities in the geeky board game world. Oh no, we're we gonna have to put a link in our show notes. Yeah, uh, Board Game Geek maintains this like top ranking list of like the top ranked board games. You know, every you know whatever all time, every year, whatever it is. And Puerto Rico was number one on that list for a very long time, for years, I think. Uh, and I think it's still. It, I don't think it's number one anymore, but but I think it it is still within the top few. See, now I I think all of my top games are going to be games that I haven't really played much. So I'm not very good (laughs) at yet because I find it enjoyable when I can actually play the game and enjoy the strategy of it without knowing exactly how to win and play it. So yeah, I'm totally bored of Puerto Rico. It's over for me. So what do you want to talk about next? Um, I think we should talk. Well, uh, I don't know what's on, what's on your shorty short list. So the next one I have on my list is Agricola. That's my number one. 
Really? That's so it right now I have it as number two below Puerto Rico, but that that's soft. I could change that, of course. Agricola is um, totally my number one. So why do you like it so much? I like it because you can stack all of the animals. <laughs> so so you like it because I as, love stackable as game waiting, pieces. As you're waiting for other people to take their turns too slowly, you can have something to fidget with that's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, they have very good stackable pieces. I love like <laughs> making little cow towers. Yep. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, I like a good fidget piece and I like when they're stackable. So that's a major plus on why it moved up to number one slot. Also, it's fairly complicated. I think that there's a lot of elements to the game that even if you play it a lot, you don't get a chance to play every part of the game in one round like in one sitting of, of the game so there was like a whole bunch of things that you didn't get a chance to do whether it's um like some of the occupation cards or building certain types of cooking um apparatuses that, right yeah you know you can that help the, the advance improvements yeah because some like once the game starts going it starts off slow but then it it just it rolls so quickly into the end and everyone's like, whoa, I just got a hang of this game and now it's over. And so you want to play again. And we've often played two rounds in one night of that of that game because once you get the hang of it and you remember and, you know, because it goes a long time between playing them when you play with people um, that you, you just want to play it again to see where how far you can go and how far you can take it. And I still don't feel like I've maxed out this game. There's still parts of it that I find really intriguing and I find... Um, yeah, I don't always win and you don't always win. And you know, that it's, uh, it's still very random on who wins, but yet the luck factor is not that like the chance, the chance luck factor isn't very great in this game either. It's, it's, I think it's a lot more skill. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So, so I guess the most random element in this game is the cards that you're dealt, the occupation and minor improvement cards. Right. right but then you kind of have a chance to get more and you yeah. can kind of like use them or not use them. You don't have to focus on like the randomness that you get. It's more of you're deciding how you're filling up your board and where you're focusing your attention. And if you're improving your house, if you're making a lot of grain, if you're making a lot of cooking, a lot of meat, like you know, so it's basically in the game you have to the goal of the game is to feed your family, right? Yeah, um, and then to build like a, a big farm. And build a big farm and then make your family larger and then so therefore you can do more things if your family is larger because you have more people in order to um accomplish more tasks as and then at the end of the game you have rounds. So the rounds go pretty regularly. There's nothing you can do to stop or halt around from approaching. You just have to make sure you can feed your family at the end of each round. And um, unless you, then you get a penalty if you can't, then at the end of the game, you kind of tally up what you have and you gain points from that. And then the winner is the person with the most points. And there's also uh, elements in the game that will subtract points from your total score. So if you, and it's also that, so it's all contingent on your own gameplay. You know, there are other people playing, but you're kind of only playing against them in the end. Right. And, and, and you also, are competing for certain um, resources, but it's not as aggressive as I'm going to take this resource from you. It's more of, oh, this might be running out or there's only one oven. So I, if you buy that first, <laughs> then you have to buy the more expensive oven. Like, But, you know, no one's going to get locked out of things completely well, that's unless not it's a big game. No, I don't know. Last game, because there's only two ovens if you're playing with more than two people. But there's more There's more ways to cook yeah, things. Yeah, you can't, yeah. like, you won't get locked out of being able to, you know, cook your animals. Right. You know, or, or you can you can just avoid cooking your animals and and get food in other ways right but at the same time if you were you know gaining money to buy your oven then that and then the other person who wasn't was gaining something else you know what i mean so there's always a give and take of what someone is working on i mean plus they should have spotted you stacking up all your clay exactly yeah no i mean and that that game like you mentioned the scoring like certain things will subtract points what i like about it is you know it's you're building this farm and it's like you know you have a house with a certain number of people in it um that you have to feed and then you have you you have cattle and you have sheep you know so you have all the animals you have the pastures and they're really good to stack yep and they're really good to stack (laughs) and and you have like these um you have uh, different crops you can plant, vegetables and, and, and grain to, to grow that. And any of these things that you don't do, let's say you get to, the, get to the end of the game and you have no cows, you actually lose points for things that you don't do. So yeah, like, you really have to diversify. Yeah, like it, it kind of forces you, like you, you basically can't win if you like hunker down and only do one strategy because there's also, there's a maximum number of points you can earn from any one category. So it kind of forces you to 
to really like try to do everything. And I think it is a little more competitive than what, than what you just uh, how you just described because every round there's like certain spots on the board that you that you can choose what to take and whatever you take you only you get that no one else gets that's it. that's true that's where it's different from puerto rico right. it's not like a round where it's like okay you do you play you decide to play this way and then everyone else gets to do it too and you get a bonus no this is like you take the spot and you're the only one that can sow a field or right. something for that entire round mm-hmm. then and and so and you know if you have a bigger family which is a risk because you have to feed them every round but if you have a bigger family then you can take more spots and so, like, there's there, there. It's this game of really calculated risk of like, how long can I wait before feeding time comes? So I don't have enough food. But if I, you know, if if I if I instead of getting food right now, if I take the risk that I'll be able to find some later, and right now I go for that other cool thing on the board because no one's taken it yet. You know, like, there's all these calculated risks you have to you have to figure during that game. And and the bolder and riskier you are, generally the better you will do. Like you know, expanding your family earlier so you can so you can do more things per turn. But then you have to feed those people. So it is actually, I think, pretty competitive. I like it a lot. It is. It, it, it if i would have played it more than i have it might have become my number one but because i've played puerto rico so much both in person and on the ipad right now puerto rico is my number one but i think agricola is a solid number two for me and it might eventually become number one that's so funny that your criteria for number one is playing more and mine is playing less <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly no it's it, agricola is a great game uh the only and and we haven't i mean as you mentioned earlier we've barely scratched the surface because there's this whole uh this whole like different deck of cards that you can that you can blend in and we have used none of those we've mm-hmm. only there's like a super simple family mode we don't play that we play like the, the the standard mode so it's like it's not the super simplified one but it's the regular set of cards with no extra cards mm-hmm. and uh, that's all we've played so far and even that like one one thing that that agricola has which i think puerto rico does too but i think agricola is the most aggressive uh, on this front that the game all of a sudden just ends like yeah like, everyone's like, kind of right? shocked that it's it's over it's like all of a sudden it's like yeah. okay now the game's over and exactly like, whoa what uh, i didn't even get a chance to do this i was planning i was building this thing up and i was gonna do it and then it's, yeah you like these, it's like these, these awesome german games like the style of this is like right as everything starts to get going the game's over so y- your biggest challenge really is is just number of turns time it's like it's how much you can get done before the game ends and the game always ends before you want it to <laughs> like there's never enough time and that i think that that alone just doing it that way i think is a cool way to do it because it's not like and i'll, I'll get to things like monopoly in a bit it's not like traditional style board games where they just go on seemingly forever uh please monopoly people don't worry i got you covered there but you know it, it it's not like that the, these games they end before you even want them to so it's really hard to get bored while playing these games yeah exactly you don't get bored on these board games nice thanks all right you want to take our sponsor break oh yeah we have a sponsor isn't that crazy so we're we're only gonna do one sponsor show if we continue doing sponsors um but we have one this week we're really excited about it this episode of top four is brought to you by casper casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you get for a fraction of the price that you'll find in mattress stores Casper mattresses are resilient and long-lasting, supportive comfort with an amazing combination of latex foam and memory foam. These two technologies coming together to bring you just the right sink, just the right balance for better nights and brighter days. Now, usually mattresses that are really good quality can cost well over $1,500. If you've ever bought a mattress in a mattress store that, you know, it's anything anything decent, really, you probably paid well over $1,000 for it, probably upwards of $2,000 if you got a big one. Casper mattresses cost only $500 for twin, $750 for full, $850 for queen, and $950 for king. Now, that is incredible. If I, I cannot find a good quality king mattress for $950. That's incredible, really. Uh, and all these mattresses are made in America. Now, Casper understands that buying a mattress online can leave you wondering... It, how is this really possible? How is this going to work? Is this going to be a big pain to get you know shipping? And what if I don't like it? It's a big risk. They have you covered. It's completely risk-free. So first of all, free delivery. And it comes in this really cool like compressed box about the size of a dorm fridge. And then it expands as you open it. Uh, and then you can try it out risk-free for 100 nights. So Or days, your choice. So you can re- try this out risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't like it after, you know, within 100 nights, you just call them back 
and they will arrange for a painless return for you. It's that simple. It really is risk-free. Just, you know, trying a bed in the showroom for like three seconds at a mattress store, that doesn't really tell you anything. Actually being able to sleep on it for more than three months, that's how you really know whether it's a good mattress or not. And uh, some of our friends have Caspers, and we hear only amazing things about them. Everyone seems to love them. I want to get a Casper mattress. Well, that can probably be arranged. We can because <laughs> I hate our guest room mattress that we spent two seconds testing in a showroom and it was awful. Oh, that was that was that alone was the biggest reason to get a Casper because that was I know I that regret because like, we didn't know about Casper then. No. We totally would have done it because that mattress is total crap. No, cause, and because because that one like we went cheap because it wasn't it, it was just our guest room, so we went with like the cheapest reasonable thing we could get, and it was about the same price as a Casper would have been. Casper would have been way better. Well, we ended up <laughs> having to get that stupid foam memory topper to make it even comfortable at all. Right, which it was even more money. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Casper would have been a way better idea. Huge had, mistake. Had we known about the Casper when we bought this mattress like three years ago uh, or four years ago by now, geez, uh, had we known about it, we would have chosen differently. So if anyone wants our crappy mattress. You can have it so we could buy a Casper. <laughs> and we can buy a Casper by going to Casper.com slash top four. That is Casper.com slash T-O-P-F-O-U-R. Or use promo code top four. And that will give you $50 off any mattress that you buy. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you so much to Casper for supporting top four and all of Relay FM. So we have Puerto Rico, we have Agricola, and also I, want, I do want to mention again, Agricola has a great iPad version. Um, the only thing Does is it? that it it try, it mimics too closely the board. Like Puerto Rico, just in order to fit everything on screen, it has to like rearrange the way certain things look and kind of compress it down into its essence. Agricola doesn't do that. It just like pans around this giant board. <laughs> so it's a little clumsy. Yeah. If you play Agricola, you really need like a pretty big table. Yeah. Because there, everyone has an individual board. And then there's like all these center boards and all these cards. And yeah, it's it's pretty spread out. You almost need to play it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on. Uh, I wanted to next talk about Power Grid. <sighs> See, Power Grid didn't make my list because I played it too much. I'm sick of Power Grid. So <laughs> it's a of, really good game, but I'm so <laughs> sick of it. One of the problems with Power Grid is that our most common board game uh, player friends are Tiff's parents. And it is, among all the games that we seem to play like this, they, they've, they've played almost all of them. And they are like, they're not geeks. And so what's interesting is like teaching them these games. Because some of these games, I think like, oh, the, this is going to be way too geeky for them. They're not going to want to sit through all these rules and everything. And I'm wrong about that every single time. Yeah, like, they, they get always, into it. They always get into it. They always like it. Even games like Agricola or Puerto Rico that have a lot of rules and it's very complex and takes a long time to set up, they first look at it and they're like, oh, God. But then <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as we explain it all and we, and we start playing, then everyone's into it. And there has never once been a game where, where anyone that we've introduced it to, whether it's them or like, you know, my, my sister or brother-in-law or anybody else, like, or, you know, Tiff's brother, like, we've introduced games to lots of family members who, who are not normally geeks. <laughs> Remember and, when you and Ryan, my, my brother's name is Ryan, when you guys played uh, Power Grid, like, after everyone else did, like, everyone else was kind of done, like, we all probably played yeah, a round, and you wanted to play another round together, and you play, like, this lightning fast round, and that was fantastic. Yeah. You guys... Yeah, it's yeah. A so anyway, pretty fun game. these games are are if if you if you have been withholding these games from like non geek members of your family or friends uh, because you don't think they'll get it, give them, give them credit, give them a try um, because we have had only fantastic luck introducing non geeks to all these geeky games. Well, we also kind of. Um hostage situation put them into playing these games because we refuse to watch movies with them because our taste in movies are so different <laughs> so it's that's either true. like well if you want to spend time with us at night we're gonna have to play a board game <laughs> yeah that's fair it, in our defense board games are way better than watching movies with your parents oh well because at least you get to talk during board games and see each yeah. other and during movies everyone just falls asleep exactly it's so late and everyone's tired yeah so power grid so yeah, as you mentioned, this this was this is the most commonly picked game by your parents. It, it is their favorite, it seems, mm-hmm. um, and so you are sick of it. I am not yet. Your sick brother-in-law of it. also loves playing this game. That's true. Yeah, uh, I am not yet sick of Power Grid, um, and part of that is because I generally don't get sick of things. I can have the same thing and do the same thing every day and be very happy. Really, you? Yeah, surprising. Oh and uh, <laughs> but but part of that also is is that I really do like it. I I don't think it is. I don't think it's number one. I would never put it as number one, but it is a really good game all around. And I think it is, it, it might be 
among all the games that we have introduced people to, I think it is one of the more accessible ones, and I think it's definitely we can definitely say that it is like the committee favorite. It is like mm-hmm. the crowd favorite of like if you survey everyone, like what do you want to play tonight? We have all the different choices. You know, I'll want to play something like Power Grid or, Agri- or or like Puerto Rico or Agricola that's like more complex or more crazy. Everyone always agrees on Power Grid. <laughs> it's like the cheese. Yes, we can all agree on Power Grid. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how it happens. I mean, a par- Power Grid also has like that element of monopoly to it, where you are making money. You know, so you you have there's money in the game. You have like the paper money, just like Monopoly. You have little houses that represent um, towns um, that you you know very similar to Monopoly, where you have the hotels that you're you're taking land, I guess, in the game, and um, you have to kind of go through a round in order to gather your resources to power your town um, to then make more money. So, and then the next round starts, and then you spend that money getting um uh what what's the word um energy and yeah well getting resources to buy power plants to to power your power plants and then therefore power your cities and then build more cities and so it's it's very um it's logical when you think about how it's played it's not deep nothing's buried in like secret cards or anything it's all kind of laid out on the table really simply but at the same time there's a lot of strategy involved there's very little luck and there's very little chance right and and in in power grid it really is first and foremost it is an economics game and it is and you have to kind of judge like you know what is the value of this power plant to me? And they're like the power plants are sold by auction, so you can have to fight against everyone else. So that kind of gets fun because you get to bid out loud, you know, and it's more yeah. interactive. It's not so stuck on the board. That's that, yeah, that's a good point. That becomes more of like talking to each other and making jokes and bidding people up and you know watching their eyes. And you have someone that needs to play auctioneer because otherwise someone would sit and think about purchasing a power grid for like eighty years. <laughs> but um, so it, it gets really fun. Yeah, and and it is also competitive. Like, and we've been lucky in, in areas like like you know you it is kind of like a, a true market on the resource side in that like every round there's like only a certain number of you know things of coal, things of oil, etc. And then and your power plant needs like one of those things. And the more people are buying something, the more expensive it gets automatically. And you can also run out of something entirely. So like if you buy resources before someone else, which is a, a strategic element, like if you kind of hang behind in the game, the way it's scored, you get all the advantages, kind of like Mario Kart. So <laughs> so it's kind of, a, anyway, there's all these different facets of this game and you can you can like screw somebody out of like the last of the coal or something. And you also um, want to diversify um, from your other players because if everyone's going for coal-powered power, power plants then there's not going to be enough coal resource in order to power these power plants so if you see that everyone else is bidding on coal power plants then you might want to bid on the one that like converts garbage into power so because then you eventually will be paying less than everyone else on your resource yeah and in our games because our family is either liberals or liberals in denial um we uh, no one ever wants to buy garbage or nuclear and so those (laughs) and and whenever someone's not buying something it automatically gets cheaper and, and so usually eventually like i'm like i'm like all right fine i'll take the nuclear because it's so cheap at this point it makes no sense to buy anything else and no one else wants it <laughs> like so yeah it, it helps to kind of know who you're playing with and <laughs> and the clean burning power plants always the bidding the prices they go for are absolutely insane and that's the thing there's no cap on how much you can spend on a power plant right you just can, how much money you have yeah it says kind of what it's worth on the card but as the bidding goes on you can just you can spend as much as you want i mean ryan wants went crazy and he went over a hundred dollars right yeah he just for went, the, he went bonkers on one and it kind of paid off right or did it not no, because it didn't. he lost by a dollar at the end of the game yeah and so at the end of this game so so you can win by other means but we've had many games where it's like you know it, you win by number of cities you power in the last turn but it, if you tie with somebody on that which often happens then whoever has the most money between those two players wins and so then like all of your decision making for the entire game of like Ooh, do i spend the extra two dollars for this expensive coal here all of that catches up to you at the very end if you tie with somebody which happens all the time and we have we have really had many games be decided by one dollar or three dollars yeah. difference between, between it's it's crazy like how 
how tight it gets because it really is a, it's it's all about economics and and cost efficiency and managing cost efficiency and it does this in a way that isn't boring because it sounds really boring if we say that but it does it in a way that isn't boring and that people really get into now i want to talk about power grid factory manager which is, which is a game we just recently started playing i think we even played it just once i think we did only play it once. Yes. <laughs> we played it last christmas because that's when we bought it yeah it has and very little to do with power grid it really it's it's, it's like the really same totally like, different but it has very good stackable pieces because it has the little working men yes and they stack in very great little triangles they look like little cheerleaders yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the stackables um but i have that and possibly entering into my top four list because it, i don't feel like it's overplayed and i'm very interested in playing it again i'm very excited about it i had a lot of fun when we did play it i can't remember the gameplay for the life of me i can i can picture the board but I can't remember how to play it, but it actually might make my top four <laughs> because it de- doesn't bore me. That's amazing. <laughs> so, and, and we should also point out like Power Grid also has uh, a pretty good number of add-ons that you can buy to either add more cards to the game, which we haven't done yet, or the, what we have done, they actually sell alternate boards. So it comes with two, like it come, the board is two-sided. Which makes it a lot like Ticket to Ride, from what I'm yes. hearing, is that Ticket to, like, which is what I have on my short list, but it didn't make the top four. I don't think it made the top four for you. There's no. a lot of chance in that game. But Power Grid and Ticket to Ride also have varying maps that you can play on that um, that bring more diversity to each round. Yeah if you get bored all right so i do feel like i have before we get too far into anything else we have to mention carcassonne because this is a game that is extremely popular that we've never played <laughs> so i'm not judging it because i've just never played it okay so mentioned so, check yeah so just you don't know need that to tell us about it we know it exists it is on our list of things to try but we've although never i played like your it. feedback i do i like it oh yeah no feedback about everything else is fine just know that we are aware of carcassonne's existence and we have just never played it okay I want to talk about the construction game. It's still closed in our closet because we've only played it at my parents' house. But it's another game that I feel like is very interesting. The dynamic is really great. It's really fun to play in a group. It's competitive. It is also um, kind of a, it's it's like a finance monopoly game again. Yeah, I, I would say it it really bears a very strong resemblance to Monopoly. But on, it's on not just like dance. Monopoly, the lost edition. You know, it's not like that. Right, it's it's not just like game. construction Monopoly. It's not like that. It's actually called the construction game. It looks kind of just like Monopoly. Um, and you have to buy equipment and you have to um, perform. Uh, you have to do jobs and you have to get win bids to do the jobs with your equipment. And if you don't have the right equipment to do the job, you know, like, and then you spend your money to do all this stuff. And then you eventually win the game with the most money. Is that right? We I haven't remember. played it in a long time. We we literally played it like twice. And I know, it, and both but again, of those times were like five years ago. I know, and it lasts a really, really long time. It yes. is a ridiculously long game, but it's a lot of fun. It's it's very competitive. It's very energetic when you're playing with a whole bunch of people who care very much about playing the game. Yeah, and um, I'm not bored of it. So. It's like hovering. I have three. <laughs> I have three games that are starred that I never get to play much. While we are on this subject, let's briefly talk about Monopoly. Okay, because I need to. Talk, I need to. I need to talk about it. If you don't, yeah, I don't need to talk about Monopoly. All right, I'll make it quick. <laughs> okay. So I have. I have a history of uh, when I was growing up. I was a massive Monopoly geek. Um, during the summers, I had this group of friends that I see every summer, and we would play almost every day at least once almost every day for a good three or four summers that's a lot of monopoly we were really bored we i mean we were nerds we were too young to do anything interesting and there weren't any good german board games out yet no we i mean we were like you know 13 or something i mean we were you know it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good time <laughs> so so we could do that so we did anyway so um so I've played a lot of Monopoly. I've, I've read a couple of Monopoly books when I was a teenager, like the various strategy <laughs> books. What was you I going to do? Monopoly books. There's, yeah, I got, I got it out of my library. <laughs> anyway, so um, Monopoly gets a, gets a worse rap. It is a better game than most people think. And there have been a couple of other podcasts about this. I, there, I believe there was an episode of Unjustly Maligned about it. Anyway, I'll, I'll find it and link to it. But uh, anyway. More links. Sorry. More show notes. Anyway. So, I'm not doing them. Uh, you're fine. the one dropping all these show notes all over the place i'm <laughs> we'll not picking it. them up anyway <laughs> so um monopoly gets it gets a worse rap than it deserves because most people don't actually do the rules most people have house rules that quote make it more fun that usually involve injecting more money into the game and when and then then they all complain that it takes forever and they don't never connect the two dots to realize 
Monopoly ends when people go bankrupt. So if you inject money into the game, it will take longer for people to go bankrupt. Uh, that never crosses people's mind, and and so they they ha- and or they've just they think they know how to play the game, and they never actually read the rules, like because they they were just taught when they were a kid, and they just keep playing the way they always have, and they never actually read the rules, which are surprisingly short. Uh, and so yeah, rule Monopoly rules are pretty much word of mouth at this point. Like yeah. no one's going to pick up that book and read it's it. Like, have you ever read the rules to Scrabble? I haven't. No, <laughs> I don't even know. I have no idea what the rules are. I just know how to play. I think you know. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just learn how to play. Right. You're like as you're indoctrinated into being a human, you right. just kind of play. Right. So, but you know, in in short. Uh, if you think that you get extra money for landing on free parking, or if you think that you don't get to collect rent or anything in jail, or if you think that there's no auctions, you need to go read the rules. <laughs> Those are like the big ones that most people don't know. Um, turns out jail is awesome in late game, and uh, free parking does nothing, and auctions are a critical part of the game. And uh, yeah, also buy the oranges. Anyway, so everyone knows that by now, I think. But anyway, uh, Monopoly is a very good game. Now, there there was a thing that was put out, some article, I, I will not be able to find this for the show notes, but some article that was put out about, like, what makes games seem more fun and fair versus others? And Monopoly does very poorly on this kind of test. So, like, one thing that makes a game, like, more fun for multiple people to play is, like, do people get eliminated midway through and then they just can't play and they have to wait for everyone else to finish the game? Because, like, that's no fun for those people. You talked about that in our first show. I did? You did. I knew I talked about it. I thought it was on ATP. Anyway. No, sorry. It was our very first show about anyway. games. All right. So so <laughs> there's there's that kind of thing where, like, you know, there there or certain factors, like, you know, does one person, like, really tear away at the beginning and just have a huge lead that just is insurmountable and you can tell early on, and then it's not fun to continue that game, right? So there's, there's things like that that make certain games more or less fun, and Monopoly does very badly on all those things. Uh, it is really an, a very old-school kind of game. There is a lot of luck involved, um, although not as much as most people think if you, if you kind of, you know, know the numbers and you know, know the stats of what gets landed on. But anyway... Um, I'm going to start cutting you off about your Monopoly talk. That's, no, but so, so I do think overall, I'll close it out here, I do think overall Monopoly is a better game than most people give it credit for. And it is overall a pretty good game. It does not make my top four, uh, but it would probably make my top ten. Okay. I have another old school game I want to bring up. Okay. It's Clue. Hmm. (laughs) Really? I really, really like Clue. I do. (laughs) You could totally make fun of me. You made fun of me for Monopoly? (laughs) Well, come on. Monopoly is Monopoly. But... And, clue. But Clue is not Clue. Clue, <laughs> clue is Clue. There was a movie. <laughs> it was really good. Has, has love, there ever been a Monopoly movie? I love Clue the movie. <laughs> I really do. Okay, so I really like the game Clue. No one ever wants to play Clue. I had no. it as a kid and no one ever wants to play Clue. This is the story of your life that no one ever wants to play your game. No one you. ever wants to play my favorite games. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the little rooms and I like the little pieces. Again, it's about the pieces. It's about the pieces, right? yeah. And, you know, having them all in the different rooms and making guesses and accusing people. I also like games like where you get to talk to people a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, I, Clue is a contender. I don't know if I'm going to put it on my list. There's still, there's one slot open on my list for, uh, uh, Power Grid Factory Manager, Construction Game, or Clue is what I have hovering in that spot. But I don't know. Um, but Uh, yeah. So Power Grid Factory Manager and and Construction Game are both games that you've played almost never. Uh And Clue (laughs) is a game that, when was the last time you played Clue? Oh my God, so long ago. See, that's what I mean. (laughs) I really, really like games that I haven't played a lot because I'm not bored with them. It sounds like you just hate games. (laughs) I love games. I just don't like tired games. I don't like games that I'm tired of. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you're the kind of person who gets sick of things pretty easily, and I'm I'm the kind of I person do. who never gets sick of things. I move so. on from everything, yeah. even like jobs. It, you're the only thing that's stuck around. Everything except me. Yeah, I like you. Maybe our dog and kid. Yeah, our dog and kid are good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten bored of them. It's been a couple of years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> games and stuff, and yeah, <laughs> hobbies. I just move on. <laughs> I'm a Renaissance woman. I know a little bit of the little a whole bunch of things. Okay, well, I think that's a fair analogy. We're going to move on in case it isn't. So, um, <laughs> so, you so like does Clue? Clue? I've I've only played Clue maybe twice, and it was. We should play Clue. I I I can't judge it. I like I I don't think I've ever played it as an adult, and so I don't really know like objectively like i might like it is. also because i do really like the movie. So maybe them together. <laughs> that's most likely the movie and the game. I really like together. 
is that what fair? If, what if you watch the movie while playing the game? Oh, that sounds amazing. It's like my dream of eating Chinese food while people in movies are eating Chinese food. Wow. I really like I just I just want to be eating Chinese food out of a box <laughs> with chopsticks while I happen to accidentally be watching a movie that the characters do that too and I will feel so satisfied if that happens because I always want Chinese food when I see people eating Chinese food. That makes sense. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, so, so Clue games. is somewhere on your list, maybe a number 4. Yeah, can we talk about another game that nobody ever plays with me? <laughs> That's all that it. is on my list. Let's do it. It's Boulder Dash. I love the game Boulder Dash. I think it's Boulder Dash. Close enough. <laughs> and I played it for the first time when I was a kid at my friend's house. And ever since then, I have asked for it for Christmas. And I never got it. My entire childhood, my entire <laughs> like young adult life, my entire teenage life. Like I just I would always be like, they'd be like, what do you want for Christmas? I'd be like, I love that game, Boulder Dash. And no one would ever, ever get it. And then one day, one amazing, amazing Christmas, my dear loving husband, finally, finally. After like six years of yeah, not getting like it. Six years of not, finally bought me the game of Boulder Dash and now nobody plays it with me. Yeah, I so bought it for it's you. it's in the closet and no one ever, ever <laughs> plays it with me. Everyone wants to play something else every time. <laughs> and I and I feel so bad now because I like beg people. I'm like, it's going to be really fun. And then I get nervous. It's not going to be fun because I really like it. Because you've hyped it up so much I now. know. How many? So after oh, all this hype. Wait, wait, wait. And in addition to that, <laughs> so the incomparable, they play Boulder Dash. <laughs> and every time i have not been able to join them yeah. i have had something really like i really could not change the times that i could play I, like i could not play anytime <laughs> that they've invited me to play it's the game that just is just right at the reach of my fingertips and i cannot grab onto it i love boulder dash and so <laughs> ah! after all that how many times have you actually played the game probably like six times <laughs> but it's so good i love making up stuff and i love when people make up stuff it's funny it's like pictionary but words and it's great maybe we're doing you a favor by not playing it with you because so it I would ruin it to like you. it otherwise it wouldn't make my list yeah, yeah because it, it, you just hate everything that you play too much that's so true we keeping don't want it elusive is yeah. keeping me interested maybe like on, i like, like the mystery <laughs> we'll, we'll agree to play it like every 10 years you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> i love boulder dash i love the mystery that is boulder dash and it's one of those games too where you need more than two people right i don't think you can do it too yeah it's not as fun you need like a group and you need to be in a certain mindset too like you have to be yeah. like an active group that's willing to start like making up stuff and being a little funny and you know you can't just be a, a sleepy eh, let's play a board game kind of group you, you have to be ready for it right and it's and like that's and one thing to mention like a lot of these games unfortunately like a lot of the best ones can't be played with just two people you know lots of people can get one other person to agree to agree to play a game with them you know whether it's your partner or your sibling or whatever like lots of people can get like you know one person to agree but but many of these games require at least three people yeah and that's where we get all tripped up yeah that we never get to play these games because we're just two people yeah and And then then, by the time adam's old enough he's not going to want to hang out with us no not at all or or he will hate all these games because they'll be they'll be you know when he's younger they'll frustrate him you know, and when he gets older, then he won't want to hang out with us. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find Kids. out eventually. Anyway, maybe when he's 30, he'll, he'll be willing to play with us once I a year. I do have one game on my list that we have a two-person version that we've never played. Well, pa- Power Grid has a two. That's how Ryan and I played. But what's your, what, what is your other one? Blockus. Yeah. Blockus totally made my, my list. I love Blockus. It made my list as well. Really? Yeah. That's so surprising because it's a really, really, it's a really, really simple game. It's pretty much like, it's almost like a board game version of Tetris with other players. Yeah. Um, you, you're, the goal is you have a, a gridded, a gridded did. You have a grid board. Yeah. Basically. It has like, <laughs> you know, it has like ridges and. And you have little clear kind of colored tie, like, um. They look like Tetris pieces, but yeah, there's, there, yeah. it isn't just things with five blocks in them. And you each have a, like each um, person has a color, and you have to fit them onto this grid in a certain way, touching the other players' pieces in one certain way. And the goal is to get rid of all of your pieces and fill up this board. So it's kind of like a land grab kind of game, and it's really very fun because it, you can play it very quickly. There's almost no set. There's no setup really besides yeah. divvying out the pieces. But we have them all in neat little bags because we are totally nerds um so 
the setup's really easy. The teaching people how to play is really easy. So there's almost no, um, what's that word when there's no, uh, learning curve, learning curve, um, to play this game. And it's, it's just really simple and fun and it's difficult to be bored of it because it's, uh, every game is different. Yeah, Blockus has often been our dessert game. Uh, like we we will we'll play one of the big complicated games or an appetizer game. Yeah, right. Yeah, like so we'll play like one of the big complicated games like Agricola or Puerto Rico that takes like the whole table and lots of setup time. We'll play one of those, and at the end of that, it'll be like you know ten thirty. I'm like, well, we don't really want to start a whole other one of those, but how about a quick round of Blockus? Or while someone's cleaning up the kitchen, which is usually unfortunately my mom and the rest of us are yes. like, let's play a game real quick while we wait for everyone to be done. You know, to go down and actually play the big the game. big game then we play a quick round of blockus because it's so quick yeah but and they have a two you have to buy a separate board to play two people yeah there's also a three-player like a triangular version really or we right? don't there's, have that one yeah i saw it online there there is a three-player version but they so that's so the, the only limitation with blockus is that you have to play four players yeah you can't play like three to five people on the same board it's like no this board this board requires exactly four players but you really have to think about strategy and how you're going to play these how you're going to place your pieces and how you're going to block somebody and how you're going to because if you play a certain piece at the very end you get super bonus points and you're super cool but it is actually it's very very difficult to to play all of your pieces yeah it is it is a surprising like it looks really simple but it is not easy you it yeah you can learn it very quickly but it is very hard to master yeah and it's it, that's, that's another game where like everybody we have introduced it to not only gets it immediately but also likes it pretty much you know pretty well yeah and and every time you play it you're like okay let's play again yeah yeah it's, it's so an quick. easy you're one like, to, like, quick, let's yeah, do another one yeah dump it out play again or like if you if you have a situation like a bigger gathering where you have like multiple people cycling in and out of playing the game uh then it, it's a good it's a good game for that because like a round of blockers only takes like a half hour maybe and then you can you can like bring in a new a new person and kick oh, someone yeah. else someone out can or just something. like be like okay i'm done who wants to play next and it's it you can rotate in and yeah. out it's really great that way that's yeah. cool we should have one of those out next time we have a party yeah it's a good idea yeah, the the block is station. Yeah, I I would rank I rank block is right now. I have I have block is at my number four spot. I have block is. Uh, I might move it up. Uh, we'll see. I think I might move it up to number two because my number two spot's empty. Now that we're talking about it, I <laughs> I thought that once we started discussing these, I would start loving them more or less depending on how we yeah. talked about them out loud. So I think block is will be my number two. Nice because it's exciting. You know, it's fun and it's quick. It's great. And the only other other game on my list is that, we, that we have to talk about, which I know is also on your list, and then we'll talk about any extras that you have, uh, is Bananagrams. I have Bananagrams. I love that. That's yeah. another quick, fun little exactly. it's another like, game. Yeah, it's another perfect appetizer game. Because yeah. it, it has, you know, it's basically like speed scrabble almost. Yes. Like it's it's very, it, it, you. I mean, anyone Because real this, scrabble is just too long. It is. It takes too long. Everyone thinks about their words too long. Yeah. And like everyone gets bored waiting for the person, like waiting for each person to think about their word. Oh, so. yeah. It, it, you know, words with friends is actually better than playing scrabble so on the board. So much better. <laughs> it is because you don't have to actually, like you could go on with your life while you're waiting for someone to play yeah like, and that's I, what it feels like when you're really sitting there playing scrabble you're like i could just be doing anything else right now yeah yeah i i don't i really do not like playing scrabble in person but and and most games I, I would prefer to play like the hard copy scrabble is one of the few where that's not the case me too um but anyway so but bananagrams bananagrams is really great because so you know so it it literally is a bag shaped like a banana um full of little scrabble tiles and there's no points to them it's just there's just the letters and the game is you dump them all out in the pile in the middle and then like you like speed try to assemble what is basically a valid scrabble board in your own little place at the table a solo like, scrabble board yeah like so you so you aren't competing with anyone else on anything except so time. All, yeah all your words have to connect and they have to all be real words yeah but um and there's no scoring it's just like, it's like whoever whoever wins first basically right isn't that uh, once all the tiles are gone whoever has like a, a legit finished board first wins right like no no word no tiles that you haven't placed into valid mm -hmm. words yet yeah yeah and like so it it's a very quick very low effort you know very low barrier game so again perfect game for the end of a night or a time when, when you don't have a lot of um you know much time to play uh it also is is very tolerant of different numbers of players I, you could probably play with anything two and up right probably yeah 
Yeah, you know, until you're out of pieces, basically. <laughs> Another game like this, though, that we should mention is Quirkle, that a lot of people have really liked, and we have showed them that game. And that is um, matching colors and shapes. So it's not good for your colorblind yeah. friends. But other no, than that, not at all. <laughs> sorry, Jason. It's, yeah, sorry, Jason. Um, that it, that's also a really good, fun kind of making grids of colors and shapes in different patterns and configurations. Yeah, it's almost like dominoes in a way, but it's like it's different rules, you know. But yeah, if you haven't played Quirkle and you like little fast kind of appetizer dessert games, then you should check out Quirkle. It's a, yeah. it's a good one to buy for Christmas, actually, because yeah, it's fun family game. Yeah, like if you if you have a family gathering and and you want to like bring something for the family to do, Quirkle, Bananagrams, and Blockus. Yep, those three things are are solid picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also really like the sets, the card game sets. Do you know? Set. Set. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot that one hurts my brain i can't i can't do that like <laughs> that I, one's really fun i love that game the best thing that's about another set, col- colorblind not compatible no. game the the best thing about set is how ridiculous you look while you're playing it oh because everyone's just staring at this yeah. <laughs> gr- like you have a grid of cards that you placed out and everyone is silently very intently almost never blinking staring at this game <laughs> looks so weird if you walk past a group of people playing set because they look like they're possessed yeah it's it's amazing that that to me is the best part of that game. <laughs> no, it isn't a bad game it's just I, I don't i don't like it as much as the oh I, I love that game too so that's that's my whole list what do you what else do you have on yours that we haven't talked about uh on the big list um yeah. pictionary i guess would be one of the big ones that we haven't really talked about. I've had a number of Pictionary birthdays. <laughs> yes, it turns but out. Uh, we if, play Pictionary, ba- like we just play it kind of um, like the old TV show style where we just have groups of people on teams and we go back and forth and we just try and draw like an entire card in what, five minutes or less? Yeah, well, we minutes. do it like when when you first wanted a Pictionary party like six years ago, I went and bought like the cheapest like office easel stand mm-hmm, I could get and, and, and the giant flip chart paper pads. It ended up being so much fun. Everyone yeah. got really, really into it. Yeah, you spend like 40 bucks and you have like this awesome Pictionary setup. <laughs> yeah, and we've played it multiple times with um, it, the end of parties and it's gone over really well. And again, we don't really adhere to the rules very much. It's more like, here's a card. Let's draw the whole card as fast as you can and have your team guess. Yeah, or, or you know, you have two minutes, draw as much of the card as you can. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whoever... And you just like tally points and yeah. we, we do it really very um yeah i don't blase think, i'm not sure i've ever used the board in pictionary no the board's pretty boring yeah <laughs> like when you do it actually it's like uh yeah it's too boring yeah, drawing on a giant flip chart is is much better like speed speed drawing speed on a giant drawing, flip chart. especially like everyone uh, and it it's a fun game whether you can draw or you can't because yes. people who can it's amazing how much they can get out but yet people still can't guess it and the people who can't draw that's what's also extremely funny is seeing horrible stick figures <laughs> and like just completely deformed animals that they're trying to convey pictures of and it's it's great but what i like about, about that though is that artistic skill does not seem to correlate to how good you are at pictionary exactly like it because it's it isn't about draw a version of this that looks good it's it's closer to like icon or sign design in that it's more like you have to communicate this idea with imagery how like how quickly and effectively can you communicate this idea which is it, it's it's a similar but not the same skill and so like like i can't draw for crap but i'm a little bit better at that at that other skill than i am at drawing so i can i can do okay in pictionary uh, and you I, do and, okay in picture you do very well in pictionary yeah well it's icon design basically <laughs> but you also need a good t- a team that can guess too i mean we yes have, like we have i'm the worst guesser in the world someone that drew like this amazing um pagoda right or um something something like that they, they drew it and it looked exactly like it but nobody on the team knew what a pagoda was so they couldn't guess it <laughs> yeah and it's like that was such a good drawing but it still failed <laughs> yeah yeah like i i'm much better at the drawing part than i am the guessing part yeah i think you are a very good guesser aren't you I don't know. I just really like playing the game. It's it's this, it's one of those things. It's like the same kind of group that would get into playing Balderdash would get into playing Pictionary the way we play it. You just want us to play Balderdash so much. I love Balderdash so much. Only because we haven't played. No it. one ever plays Balderdash with me. All right, any more? No, just being sad about Balderdash. All right, so. But we have Mealborn. 
That was the other one that I had. I forgot, to, I forgot about Mealborn. We and played that. I played that a lot games. in my childhood with my parent, with my mom. Yeah, my, my mom was really into it as well. And so I discovered that like as a teenager, she really brought it back out. This old mm-hmm. one from the 70s. Yeah, I played the one from the 70s too. And then we went on eBay when we became our own little family and also bought a set from the 70s because that's what we were used to playing. The new ones look yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah, the new ones like because the art, the art's all different now. And yeah, it looked very and this strange. And this is a French driving game. It's played with cards and you have to... Um, get up to speed and drive and so you get like these speed cards that show you how fast your car is going but then same time you get sabotages where like your tire gets flat and you run out of gas or and you have to accomplish um a thousand miles that's what it's uh meal m-i-l-l-e yeah yeah um meal born which is a thousand miles (laughs) thousand miles (laughs) Yeah. yeah And it's all, the game is also called a thousand miles in some places, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like France maybe. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and that that is game, it two L's or one L? Uh, two L's. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I haven't played it in a long time, but I did play it a we lot. We played it recently together in uh, when when we lived above Pizza Grill. So five years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So so we played it recently five years ago once, <laughs> and <laughs> before that, like I I had that game on my Palm Pilot. And so I played. I played it a lot. I remember, like when I worked at Staples in college, I played it a lot in the Staples break room because I had nothing else to do. Well, Mealborn's a really good game. So if anyone hasn't played it and hasn't heard of it, I highly suggest it. It's a really fun. Um, it's again, you can play it with two players, so that's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's it's one of the few. You know, it's a really good rainy afternoon game if you want to teach mm-hmm. your kids too. It's a kid friendly game. Yeah, and it's and there's a little bit of little little bit of aggression because you can you can like throw hazards at people like because mm-hmm. like you you don't just come upon a flat tire your you know wife or mom gives you the flat tire yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah so anyway it, it's it's a good game um it, it is not like to the level of quality oh you know what we should really talk about settlers oops no i don't want to talk about settlers uh, we ha- if we don't talk about settlers we're gonna hear from everybody oh, what time is it well this this is the last thing we're gonna talk about okay so and then we'll then we'll say our list and we'll be done yeah so settlers settlers to me (sighs) we have so many expansion packs that we've never ever opened because we play this game there's and for us and especially i think for you how we open the show i guess it's a good way to close the show is this is a game with tons of chance yes and so the chance aspect of this game kind of keeps us from really enjoying it i like playing it a lot more than you do because I find that the chance element actually keeps it a little bit more fun for me. But, yeah, it's not... I, I, I want to play other things more than I always want to play Settlers. Yeah, Settlers, to me, it's... I And I say this with all the good and bad that comes with this. Um, it is the Starbucks of modern geeky games. In the sense that Starbucks kind of rescued the world in a way and they weren't the only ones to do but they're like the biggest like the headliners who the most popular who rescued the world from like the old like 50s way of just like the cheapest possible cheap crap coffee gas station coffee folders etc and they introduced the world to, to the concept of you know what coffee can be better than that and i don't like starbucks really i, I think you can do way better than starbucks if you put some care and effort into it yourself um but I can't deny that Starbucks has had the effect on the world of reintroducing the world to good coffee. And I feel like Settlers has kind of done that to board games. Like it, Geeks have known about Settlers since the late 90s or early 2000s. Um, it, it has come like more mainstream in like I'd say the last you know five years or so, but it's not new. Um, and and it, it was the game that geeks who knew about it could use in like 2002 to introduce the rest of their friends to the concept of better board games than Monopoly and Candyland, you know? Yeah, it's a very accessible geeky yes. board game. Yeah, and so it is often the first or only modern geeky board game that people have played. And so I, I give it credit for that. It, it does deserve that credit. We loved it in the beginning. Yeah. We played it a lot, and we really, really liked it. But then we just started finding new things. Yeah, I, I used to go to Starbucks every day. For like a year, I went to Starbucks every day. We still go to Starbucks when we're on road trips. <laughs> we have no choice. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I took that picture of you once. <laughs> that was terrible. My, my miserable face. <laughs> yeah. So, Aww. no, I mean, Starbucks, you know, Starbucks is fine. It's not great. It's fine. That's what I think about Settlers. It's fine. You know, it is better than a lot of games that came before it. And it really does deserve credit for ushering in the mainstream to the idea of better 
newer geekier games than what we all played growing up but you can do a lot better i think yeah that makes sense that's how i feel all right so what's your top four? Ooh, okay so number one i have agricola number two i have blockus number three Oh, I kind of want to like dump all the quick board, the quick games all like together, <laughs> but I can't. Oh, so you have three number threes. Is that <sighs> what you're saying? I, this is going horribly. I want to put Boulder Dash on there, but I feel like I, I love it so much and no one ever, ever plays it with me. It's like so hyped up in my mind. <laughs> I did, I'm so nervous about playing it with other people at this point because I think it's just going to go horribly. <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> i'm melting i'm melting okay agricola blockus balderdash and <sighs> bananagrams oh, that doesn't feel good clue also doesn't feel good power grid factory manager that you played once that i played once oh, you're Porkle, the, this this is how bad i was at video games this is how bad you are at the board game ranking oh this feels so bad because i <sighs> wow okay agricola and blockus woo and boulder dash <laughs> and a whole bunch of others wow i love you all right my top four number one puerto rico number two agricola number three blockus number four power grid wow see for me it's all about what didn't make the list <laughs> All right, now we have some important follow-up. Uh, it's not follow-up. What is it? Oh, I don't know. News? News. It is news, I guess. Yeah. Because this isn't something we missed, you know, or got wrong. Mm-hmm. So in our last episode, was it no, the last one? Two, two episodes, episodes ago. ago. Uh, right. Um, we did an episode on the, the top four worst Weezer singles. Not worst Weezer songs. The worst songs that Weezer, has, that Weezer chose, chose to release to as singles, singles. Yes. for their albums. And let me just say right now, we have heard El Scorcho so many times since that. <laughs> I, I'm, I, hey, I ended the show saying I liked El Scorcho. So I, I still, I, don't, I like it even more now. <laughs> I don't hate it as a song, but it was a terrible choice of a single for that time. Like that was, yeah. Anyway. And you keep playing the greatest man that ever did something or other. Yeah, in the bathroom. (laughs) Anyway, it it goes great there. So, um, so (laughs) it gets stuck in my head too. It's like you know how it's the 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 most frustrating thing to have a bad song stuck in your head. It's a bad single, and and to be fair, and Weezer actually is pretty good at releasing bad songs as singles that get stuck in your head. Anyway, so what we're getting around to is that apparently Weezer released another single. Yeah, they released a single today. Yeah, and a whole bunch of people were tweeting it at us, and I started listening to it on the, on the couch, and Marco runs in, and he's like, no, 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 stop, because we're going to listen to it on this show. Yeah, I, it's, I don't, and I, I just could tell that's what it was. I haven't heard it yet at all, except for like the little bit that you played on the couch. And I'm like, that sounds like so a So I heard song. the first about like five seconds. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be the first time we are hearing it at all. We're doing it live on the show. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to put clips in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not the whole thing. All right. Let's go. Okay. I'm ready. I'm scared. I'm scared of Amy. Here we go. The girl in the pastry shop with the net in her hair is making a cannoli for you to take. <laughs> and even if you are victorious, you may receive many cuts, bruises, and scrapes, and you will require band-aids and anesthesia. <laughs> is she trying to be Eminem? Shh, I like it. What's he saying? Thank God for girls. Did they just say getting sweaty over rolls? I think so. This is terrible. I like it. <laughs> it's catchy. Come on. Is it? I like all the crazy lyrics. God took a rib from Adam. Grounded up in a centrifuge machine. Mixed <laughs> what? with cardamom and cloves. Microwaved it on the popcorn set. And while Adam was... <laughs> <laughs> Messing with the bees who were trying to pollinate the echinacea. I think that's the first time echinacea was ever in a song. Yeah. Falling on his knees, look to the sky and said, Thank God. Wow. 
That's it. I really liked when they were like rap talking. I like that part. I like when all of a sudden they throw in a lyric that doesn't rhyme or just like stops everything kind of dead in its musical tracks. I think that's really yeah. funny. That's very Weezer of them. They do that a lot. That I, see, to me, <laughs> I kind of like it. I don't think that was bad enough to make my top four worst singles. No, I, it's too it's too catchy. Mm, I, I like see, it. See, to me, maybe it's only because I only heard it once. I don't care for the subject matter, the whole thank God for girls thing. What about the cannolis in Echinacea? I don't know. It's, I, I like a whole, I like words. So they had a lot of words. I like a lot of words. Yes, they, they can guarantee you that there were a lot of words in that song. Um, besides I'd that, I need to hear this again. That's not going to happen right now. <laughs> well, yeah, not right now, but I think I would listen to it again. So I don't think I would put it on my top four. I wouldn't even play it in the bathroom. Whoa. Be- it be- not because it's worse than The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived, but because it has nothing going for it. Like, it, it, it is, it, The Greatest Man That Ever Lived is at least somewhat catchy. It at least gets stuck in your head. See, I like this because I like Macklemore and like that kind of stuff. And you yeah. don't like that. So, right, right, right. You're not going to like this. Right. Like, they are doing what is more likely to be popular today. And I give them credit for that because they're keeping themselves relatively rel- relevant and I modern. feel like they're keeping themselves modern, but yeah. they're kind of sticking to who they are with their quirkiness. And that's a lot like Bare Naked Ladies kind of thing where it's a lot of lyrics. Sometimes it sounds like it doesn't make sense together. It's kind of nerdy. It's, uh, I really like it, but they're a little bit more rock than, yeah. naked, than Bare Naked Ladies is. But like, are, is? I don't know. What is the... I think if you're, if you're, if you're English... <laughs> then like companies and bands that are plural right but if you're american then they're singular i don't know but Doesn't when matter. a band's name is bare naked ladies that's yeah they, they but they're one band it's confusing. right they contains no ladies right sometimes they're naked though yeah anyway focus. so <laughs> so <laughs> i like it i, I think it, it lacks what usually makes weezer songs catchy and memorable it is neither. I would say it's neither of those things, really. I think it fits into the whole modern music stuff, the stuff that's coming out now that people really like. That's fair. So I don't think it's a bad choice. I, I mean, and we it's, haven't we haven't heard the rest of the album yet. But it's like when Sweater Song came out. Sweater Song was super weird, but it fit into the grunge culture that it came out of. So that's why it never made our list. It's a weird single, but it fit when it came out. But Sweater Song, I would say Sweater Song was a much better song than this. Yes, Sweater Song was a much better song. But you also don't like modern music, you old man. That's true. 